The Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davidson, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thank you very much for joining me on this Monday. And hopefully you have recovered from last night's incredibly cold bowl in which Tom Brady won yet another, another Super Bowl. But what are we going to do about that? Anyway, I thought it'd be a good time to get into a discussion about Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. And uh, our Detroit has a great cover story taking a look at what has been uh anything but a normal first term as governor of a state, given the pandemic and everything else that's been going on. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, of course, has had a lot to deal with. And my friend Steve Fries, of course, is the news and features editor at Our Detroit Magazine. Their cover story taking a look at the surreal life of Gretchen Whitmer. Steve, welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Uh, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it, it's been a while since I've had an opportunity to interview Governor Whitmer, uh, and and I have not had a chance to interview her in the wake of everything that happened in 2020. Uh, this was a year that started out for her like it was going to be a normal year, with the exception of getting this opportunity to be uh, the national spokesperson for the Democrats uh, to respond to the State of the Union address and putting together a budget in a somewhat difficult time. That looked like that was going to be the majority of it. Then, of course, the pandemic hits and everything gets thrown into turmoil. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. And and she's had a very a particular sort of, uh, you know, uh, situation that other governors, honestly, haven't faced. No, I mean, what's interesting about Gretchen Whitmer is that before last year, very few people in the rest of the country really knew who she was. In fact, you know, not, there were a lot of people who were in democratic politics who were relatively unfamiliar with her. But um, then the, the pandemic hit at the same time as the campaign was going on. She endorsed Joe Biden and she got onto the Biden train at pretty much just the right time. And then the pandemic hits and Michigan in particular had a really, really rough first wave. Of course, you remember we had for a while, our Michigan was like on top of or in, up up in the topper topper up in the yeah, sure upper, yeah topper up up in the upper levels of um of the numbers on cnn and all the other uh tv stations so um you know she made some very difficult decisions uh and some decisions that have had a lot of wide-ranging impact and for that reason she's become a lightning rod she also uh tussled with the president uh who picked on her a bunch and um you know, it, it was a it was a year. It was it was a year where she became a very very famous woman, who never really goes anywhere. So she really doesn't have any sense of how famous she is. Hey, that's one of the things I took away from reading this is that you don't think about it because you assume that governors are traveling. But no, she's been locked down pretty much uh, as the rest of us have. Uh, so it's not as if she's getting recognized in airports. She pointed that out in the interview. Um, but but I want to ask you a little bit about your approach to this because. Most people, when given an opportunity to talk to the governor, are going to look at 
the decision she's making, why she's making those decisions, what's next with the budget, whatever, uh, because there are a lot of problems that come out of this pandemic. You decided to approach it from a different perspective. Like, how are you doing personally as a result of all the weird things that have happened in this past year? Um, why did you decide that that was the approach you wanted to take with this? Well, it's always tricky with a monthly magazine because you're, you're doing these interviews a month and a half or so before it's going to come out. So I know the piece is going to come out in February, but I can't figure out what's going to happen between, early, you know, mid-December and and February that will matter in terms of you know budget. I mean, and look at it. Look, look what happened between mid mid-December and February. I mean, we had all the stuff that went on in uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, everything that's been going on with uh, the new Biden administration, it was it would have been pretty, pretty difficult to dig into those questions. I mean, we did talk quite a bit about how difficult it is to make these decisions. We did talk quite a bit about what it's been like to be the focus of this kind of anger um, and you know the extremity that it's gone to with people in Lansing, you know, holding her up and with nooses and, and threatening violence. And, you know, of course, the big story about her family being threatened with a kidnapping plot. So, I mean, you know, we, we certainly covered what's been happening, but I was more interested in, in her personal story because it's so unusual. I mean, she's one of the biggest new faces on the national scene and without the pandemic, she probably wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're talking about very strange things that have taken place. You mentioned the kidnapping plot, but but I mean, her supporters have also done some interesting things. You've got Big Gretch, uh, you know, this nickname. And, and then, of course, uh, the buffs, the sunglasses thing that happened. She became sort of like an Internet superstar over the course of getting these potentially fancy sunglasses. Um, you've got beers being named after her uh, in the state. And. I mean, it's it's not normal, it, it, but these things have also really sort of, I guess, cemented public opinion on one side or the other when it comes to Gretchen Whitmer in a way that, that we didn't see with other governors who were making the exact same decisions that she was. It is it is hard to figure out, but she's been very defiant. She She's made a number of um, big decisions that have had a very, very big impact on businesses uh, she, her her decisions to follow, in her words, the science have, in a lot of cases, left a lot of kids out of school and restaurants and bars and businesses in a great deal of pain. Um, so it is not unusual that she would be um, sort of a, a focal point here, but also nationally, because Lansing was one of the first places where we had these protests against the lockdown. So she was the face of that. Um, she, as I said, she had these uh, disputes with uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, in the process of turning a number of the necessary steps to contain the virus into political footballs, he also used her, a young woman, a relatively young woman, and a new face um, to to personify everything he thought was wrong with how Democratic governors were handling 
these matters. I mean, other people like Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom were fairly well known already. So the opportunity to sort of backfill their public persona was not as as available. But when the president of the United States starts attacking a Democratic governor woman in a state like Michigan, the the people who support him they get the sign that that they are to use her as a an avatar for everything that's frustrating them about the liberals, about the pandemic, about any number of things. Oh, well, and as I mentioned, you know, her supporters picked up on this, too. Uh, you know, President Trump wouldn't even use her name, uh, even though the governor is pretty sure that she knows what her name is. But he kept calling her that woman from Michigan, um, suggesting that she wasn't being uh, cooperative or deferential enough to the president. So the supporters really picked up on Gretchen Whitmer as somebody they wanted to get behind and lift up as an example of what was wrong with president Trump's approach. And, and I'm not sure that's something that she was looking for necessarily. I mean, did you get a sense when you talked to her that she was somewhat, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but, but surprised at the fact that she had become sort of this, uh, you know, sign of, of a resilient left in this country. For sure. For sure. I mean, you know, Gretchen Whitmer was not, the avatar of, you know, liberal progressivism when she ran for office. She was, she's essentially a center left politician. She's not a, um, an AOC or Rashida Tlaib. She's relatively mainstream and she fits the state that way reasonably well. Um, So yeah, I, I, the, as I said, there's this sort of strange, uh, process she's been going through of figuring out that she has this very big national voice. She can go on television whenever she wants to, um, and she can use it to lobby for the state, but she doesn't really feel any different because, she, as I said, she hasn't gone anywhere, hasn't, hasn't really been out there as a politician. It will be interesting to see as we turn the corner into her reelection campaign Um you know, how much of that sticks to her, how long she remains uh, a very prominent figure. Um, But yeah, no, I can't think of another um, new face on the scene from the pandemic that has drawn this much polarized reaction. I should remind folks, my guest right now is Steve Freese. He's the news and features editor at Our Detroit Magazine. We're talking about their cover story this week, which is an interview with Governor Whitmer called The Surreal Life of Gretchen Whitmer, an apt title, I think, for this year. Um, and, and, you know, we've talked a little bit about how she has become this polarizing figure. Uh, if you are a Trump supporter, you you absolutely do not like this woman. Uh, and if you are a, a fan of, of hers, then you love this woman. I mean, it's just it's that simple. Um, and. The fact that you even talk to her brings you guys into this polarized sort of world as a monthly magazine that focuses on lifestyle and does some politics and news and things like that. Now you guys are at the center of discussion as to whether or not this was an appropriate cover story and and whether or not this was an interview that you should have done. Obviously, as somebody who is uh, in politics, yeah, you get an interview with the governor, you do it. Um, But are you surprised at the reaction that you've gotten? Because it has been all over the map. I have not been surprised. And the funny thing about it is that right when the piece started to circulate, when the magazine itself, just the cover, started appearing online and in shops around the state, we started to get 
a lot of angry voicemails and emails and things like that um, attacking us simply for the idea that we put the governor of the state, and as I said, probably one of the most newsworthy people in the country over the last year on the cover of our magazine. Um, and of course, with a reasonably flattering photo, but our Detroit doesn't doesn't usually put unflattering pictures of anybody on the cover. No, what we <laughs> that's not your mo. So you know, uh, and and the interesting thing about that was that I, I started hearing this. I my my bosses were telling me what what the sort of response was, and I, I wasn't worried about it because. I do know that the polling does show that she is popular. And even people who are fresh, very frustrated with what she's done or where the economy is, some of them understand that these are very difficult decisions and know she really is not trying to ruin the economy. Like, that is not her aim. I mean, I, I think common sense tells you that whether she's right or wrong about the decision she's made for the health and safety and and economic future of our of our state. Well, that's that's besides the point. You know, I think that most people understand that she's she's trying her best. So, you know, it was interesting that there's this very vocal and very knee jerk response to simply seeing her picture on the cover. And you knew that the people, many of them, who were responding hadn't read the piece in which I think I give a reasonably balanced view. And we also in our issue also have a pretty big piece about the restaurant industry and its anger and frustration. So we, we covered a lot of different elements of what's been going on in the state during this pandemic. And we have done so for a month now. Um, but uh, it was kind of heartening because then our social media team came along and told me what I instinctively knew, which was those are very loud, um, but a minority of voices. Um, people who are angry at us for, for featuring her, very small amount. People who are angry at her, well, there are plenty of those, but most people actually appreciated the piece and we had some of the best social media response and the best readership and, you know, click numbers and all those things that matter now in media. Um, this has been a very successful issue for us. Well, Steve, you, you said something important a, a few minutes ago when you said that, uh, you know, as she starts rolling around towards reelection, um, she is now starting the third year in her term as governor here in the state of Michigan. Uh, we've had a long 2020, obviously. There is a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to COVID, but we're not out of the woods yet. Um, and, and you do have all that pent up frustration, especially from those that work in the hospitality industry here in the state, which has been decimated by this. It's not just Michigan, but it's happening in a lot of places. But in Michigan, it has been noticed. Um, and this is one of those things that she's now going to have to sort of settle in. There's not going to be the same national sort of exposure that she had during the Trump because she's not the natural foil to Donald Trump anymore. It seems that this is going to be more of a can you govern sort of period for her. Uh, that's going to be a little bit more difficult than maybe last year from a couple of different standpoints. I, I don't know if you agree or disagree. Sure. I mean, I think this is more normal governance. I mean, not a normal situation, but normal governance. I mean, what she has shown over the last year is, and actually the last two years during her term, is that she's actually a very decisive woman. Uh, you know, you can't 
no matter what you think of what she's decided, she hasn't been wishy-washy about what she's doing. Uh, that was evident even before the pandemic. She decided that if the legislature wasn't going to give her the kind of money she needed to fix the roads, she would find a different way to work out some budget trick that would get her some more money, um, the bonding thing and so on. Um, so, I mean, she she's a, um, a, a leader who's not afraid to use the powers vested in her. Um, that could get ugly. There are efforts in the legislature to defang her to take away a lot of the power that she has appropriated. Um, obviously, last year, a lot of what went on was this push and pull where the governor felt like she needed to make a number of important and very difficult decisions and harsh decisions, um, and the legislature wanting to um, dial her back. And so they went to court and essentially they won, but then she found another way to do what she felt was necessary. Um, we'll see if the if the people of this state like that, if they like a governor who um, just tries to find a way to exert power um, over a governor who maybe ought to be working harder to find consensus with the legislative branch, which is controlled by the opposite party. Uh, Steve, I, I do have to ask you this question, and, and um, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that you know the answer to it necessarily, but, you know, now that the, the talk of, of whether or not you be, a, you know, a VP pick is over and Kamala Harris has ascended to that role, and it looks like the top of the ticket on the Democratic side is likely settled for quite a while. Um, did you get a sense as to what she thought next steps might be in terms of her career? Uh, she's obviously probably going to seek reelection. Uh, but, but do you get a sense that she's got her eye on something bigger? She was pretty adamant. And of course you always have to take it as a grain of salt when you're talking about, uh, politicians. Sure. She's fairly adamant that she really doesn't have a great deal of, um, ambitions towards Washington, D.C. Um, and I don't know that somebody who was a governor of the state like Michigan and who got to make these sort of unilateral decisions that she has made would want to become a senator. I mean, you know, I, I, you got to think that sooner or later, Debbie Stabenow will step away and, and there will be an opening. Um, but that could be a few years from now or it could be eight years from now or the way that the Senate goes, you know, Diane Feinstein is 80 Eight or ninety years. Tom um, Thurmond, I think, was ninety-six or something when he finally stepped down. So, so you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen there? Um, so, I mean, I think that if a Democratic president asked her to do a cabinet position that interested her, she would do it. I think otherwise, I think that she's happy as governor and she wants another term. Uh, and um, there aren't that many other other places to go once you've been the governor of a state like Michigan. You either try to become president, vice president, a cabinet position, a senator. That's What else is there? There aren't that many other choices. Yeah, it's but, uh, you know, for somebody that's uh, as young as she is uh, for the position she's in, I mean, obviously she's got a potential future out there. Uh, just depends on see what what it's going to be. Uh, Steve, I, I do want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about the, the rest of, of this month's uh, issue, because, again, the cover story is what we have been talking about, obviously. But you also mentioned uh, there's a piece about the struggles of the restaurant industry, um, but you've also got your usual types of stuff. What else should people be looking for this month? Oh, you know, there's the piece about 
hypnosis and um uh and medicine and there's a, a lovely piece that uh is in our front section about this fella named malcolm who um he he's this uh he's dead but he was a, a big michigan fan and when you watch michigan sports uh, or big 10 sports he always appears in this big 10 ad um and he seems so happy with his birthday cake turns out it was his last birthday cake and his family watches big 10 sports now because they get this sort of excited moment of seeing their their grandfather on tv and he's from michigan and i thought he'd make a, a interesting and fun I, i've seen movie. that commercial i did not realize that that's fantastic so little things like that you know we're always we're always um we're always trying to sort of balance out the um the lifestyle material and the, um, the fashion and the shopping with uh, things that are more serious. Well, you know, I have to ask, though, I mean, how difficult is it to sort of put together a lifestyle magazine when our lifestyle has been curtailed as much as it has? It's starting to get a little better. It was a really hard year that way. It was really hard. We have issues, you know, every year that have to do with things like, you know, the best restaurants of the year or the, um, you know, di different, different, different really things related to shopping and things that were just, were just, you know, damaged. And it gets depressing after a while to keep writing the story about how COVID has, has harmed this particular segment or that particular segment of the economy. Um, so it is starting to loosen up a little bit. Um, we do have, we're coming up to our um... telephones. Hey, you gotta love, you gotta love stuff that's going on with zoom and, and everything else these days. Uh, this is the, the beauty of, of our current situation. Right, right, right. We're, we're, um, uh, we're, we're coming up to our health guide. We'll have a number of, of, uh, pieces that have to do with COVID, but also just a lot of other issues related to, to, um, health. Uh, we're coming up to our, you know, um, sort of city guide, which in this time is going to be sort of it, normally it's a uh, um, it's a uh, focus on different things in the city. This time it's, it's going to be about um, how you can sort of visit the whole world by just staying in the Detroit area because nobody can travel. So it's like if you want to go to the Middle East, go to Dearborn and things like that. So, you know, we're we're, we're trying to find ways to adapt to the way that people are living today. Um, and I do think that by the summer, once the vaccine really is out there and the numbers are getting better, um, actually, I think we, we could be seeing a, a pretty good, strong economy ahead of us. Well, let's hope so. Uh, but I should remind folks, if they want to read this story and more, of course, you can always pick it up at a newsstand. But OurDetroit.com is the web address. Uh, they have a great daily newsletter that comes out as well each and every day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I rely on these things to keep myself uh, up to date on all things happening around our wonderful city. Steve Freese, again, news and features editor at Our Detroit Magazine. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, I thought it was a great interview and, and insightful, and I think people should check it out. Uh, whether you love her or do not, uh, it's still worth reading. That's the important thing, everybody. Keep an open mind. Read stuff, even if you don't necessarily like what's in there. It's and then respond. And then respond. Well, yes, that's that's true. Uh, the knee jerk response is always uh, is always something that is out there. I've been getting a lot of it myself lately for some city council interviews I've been doing. So uh, that's you didn't, what you didn't mention that you didn't mention that you make a, a cameo in that 
Gretchen Whitmer piece. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hey, people can read it and find out. So I appreciate that. All right, Steve, thanks for your time. We always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next month. Take care. Thank you. Steve Fries is the news and features editor at Our Detroit Magazine. We like to catch up with what they're working on, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thanks for listening to the show today. I do appreciate it. Don't forget, you can reach out to me, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com is my email address. The easiest way to reach me, again, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. You can send me messages in any of those places, um, and I will likely see them pretty quickly. I, I do go on Instagram, but I'm not there very often. And, and, you know, I'm not on TikTok. Sorry. No TikTok vids anytime soon. Um, that seems like a younger man's game, but uh, we shall see. Anyway, thanks for listening. Do appreciate it very much. Quick reminder, um, you can find all of my podcasts at DeadlineDetroit.com. Just go to DeadlineDetroit.com slash Craig folly it's right there it's on the top of the page uh you can find them at buzzsprout as well uh but anywhere you get podcasts so if you would typically watch the video uh, from this program well and you want to subscribe to the audio version it's easy to do anywhere you get your podcast i'm on just about every single directory there is whether it's spotify whether it's apple whether it's google whether it's you know amazon whatever you can find it uh sometimes Alexa has trouble pronouncing my last name, but uh, that's all right. You can still ask for it, and you should be able to find it. Anyway, any way you listen is really important. Tell your friends that we're out here doing this. Share it. Subscribe. Like. Go ahead and rate the program. That helps, too. All right, we'll be back again a couple of times this week. And don't forget, Friday, it is the week that was on Deadline Detroit. Should have some good panelists ready to go to talk about the week's news. Uh, obviously, we've got an impeachment coming up this week. Tomorrow it starts. That's what I'm going to be doing is watching the proceedings there just because this stuff doesn't happen very often. And what's the Senate going to do? I think we know what they're going to do, but is it going to make any difference? Who knows? But it's something that's happening and I'm going to be watching tomorrow. And I will... Hey, if anybody wants to watch along with me, I'll be on Facebook tomorrow. Maybe we'll start up a little thread and see if we can have some fun with that. Okay, we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Looking for the latest news and information about our great city of Detroit? Head to DeadlineDetroit.com for one-stop shopping for the most important stories of the day. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in town, providing original reporting, videos, and podcasts that keep you in the know about everything happening in Detroit. Become a member today, and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for prizes, including gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com membership.